Great. Well, welcome to 2018, our first service of the year. Apparently, uh, this time of year, as has already been hinted at, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. I think about 84% of the adult population make New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you have. I, I'm the sort of person who actually doesn't find them that very helpful, to be honest. They're usually blown come February anyway. But what I do find helpful at the start of a new year is to look back and ask myself two questions about the previous year and look forward and ask myself two questions about this coming year. So I'm just going to share those questions with you. They're very simple questions. Hopefully they will help you too. And just by way of a little caveat, again, as has already been mentioned, you know, just because this is the start of a new year, this is not the only time we can make fresh starts. You know, we we tend to go by seasons. God is not defined by seasons. He is not defined by our seasons. He works to his own seasons. And so it's always a good idea to continually keep your ears, spiritually ears open to seeing what he wants us to look at, how he wants to evaluate our lives, that every day is a fresh start in Jesus Christ. This morning is no exception. But I find the start of a new year quite a helpful reminder to just look back and basically ask these, these four questions. The first question, I'll get straight into it, is this. What were the positive things in 2017 that I can thank God for? Simple. What are the things that encouraged me last year? What are the things that fired me up? What are the things that developed and grew my faith and my relationship with God? Because I don't know about you, but the year can fly by. Absolutely. It seems to get faster and faster. I'm told it's old age, but it does seem to get faster and faster. And if we're not careful, we can miss God's detail in the busyness. And it is so helpful when we look back with a thankful heart, looking for God in the details of last year, so often we can start to see connections with our prayers and the doors that God has either opened or closed. Things we would otherwise have missed unless we look back and say, God, where were you in all the busyness? Where were you in the highs and the lows? 1 Chronicles 16 verse 12 says, Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. Remember what God has done. There is a good looking back. There's a bad looking back as well we'll touch on too, but there is a good looking back. Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Do you make it a habit? of looking back over the year, even over the week that's just gone. God, what have you done in my life? Where have you been faithful? And recount all his wonderful, mighty deeds. I love our testimony times on Sunday mornings. It's recounting. Look at what God has done in my life. He is the God of impossible things. I ponder all your work and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Psalm 77, verse 12. It's so good to remember God's faithfulness. Because I don't know about you, I can very easily get spiritual amnesia. I can so easily forget what God has done. 
and just focus on the challenges in front of me. And yet, as we look back with a thankful heart, what we'll find quite often is those very situations we, we are praying won't happen in this year. Actually, you know, those testing times, those challenges, those trials that we faced last year, we're praying, God, please, may we not face that again. Often, those are the times where we grew the most in our faith. Those were the times where we were stretched and developed more maturity in our faith. You know, those are the times as we look back with an attitude of thankfulness and and discovering God in the detail, that rather than being a blot on 2017, those times start, we start to see God's grace shining through. We start to see, wow, he was with me in that time. We start to see elements of God's grace shining through, even those dark times that God is with us. As we celebrated over Christmas, he is Emmanuel. He is still God with us by his spirit, praise God. He is faithful. He will guide us. You know, even when we've reached the end of our tether, he is our strength. As we look back, we see, yes, that is true. I'm still standing. I'm still here. He is faithful. Forgiving us when we blew it. God, you're amazing. A thankful heart is a great foundation to start the new year with. The other question I tend to ask myself looking back is kind of the flip side to the first one. So I say, what are the things I can thank God for? But also, what were the things that hindered me last year? What were the things that got me down? What were the patterns of behavior or or, or ways of thinking that actually sapped my faith, that hindered my relationship with God and with other people. What were those things? Look back. And what I found is, unless I'm totally honest with myself in answering that question, I end up just following the same patterns again. Same patterns of behavior, same patterns of thinking. But praise God, the gospel is good news, isn't it? The gospel means that as we recognize unhealthy thought patterns, unhealthy behavioral patterns, we can simply repent and realign ourselves with the truth of God's word. Realign ourselves with who God says we are. This is who I'm called to be, not that. We receive his forgiveness and we receive his grace. You know, grace is released through repentance. Repentance is a wonderful gift from God. Thanks to Jesus, his death and resurrection, we can come to God and we know he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. We simply repent. So we look back, what were the things that hindered me? What, what don't I need to carry into this year? We, we can recognize that we don't have to keep falling for that same temptation. We can resist the devil. He will flee. It's a promise from God. We can recognize that we don't have to hurt, hold on to the same hurts and the same offenses going into this new year. Why? Because Jesus has forgiven us so much. We can forgive. We don't have to carry 
that burden that was weighing us down last year on our own. We don't have to carry it. Why? Because he is God with us. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We don't have to carry the same baggage with us. As, as Michaela's picture was so spot on, we don't have to be carrying this whole sleigh full of junk from last year. But we need to identify what are those things that hindered us. We, we can recognize that my security, my significance doesn't lie in getting that job or finding that marriage partner or or being promoted to that position. My significance and my security is in the fact that I am a child of God, that I am loved, I am accepted, I am cherished. It's all about renewing our minds, isn't it? If you want transformation, rather than simply New Year's resolutions, try renewing your mind. That's where Paul says real transformation happens. He encourages us in 2 Corinthians 10 to, to take captive, literally take captive, every thought. He says in verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's every lie and every ungodly belief and ungodly pattern of behavior. We take captive every thought. It always starts with a thought, doesn't it? And make it obedient to Christ. We line it up with Scripture. It's very hands-on, isn't it? It's very proactive language. It's not something that we we do automatically, but it's something we need to do intentionally. And I think the danger with New Year's resolutions is that so much of it depends on us simply trying harder. Just digging a little bit more. This year, I will be healthier. I will be thinner. I will be a better person. But the truth of the gospel, the wonderful good news of the gospel, it's not about trying harder. It's about leaning harder on God's grace. It's about leaning harder on him and his strength and his truth. Walking more closely in step with his spirit, which takes us to these questions for this year. Looking forward, kind of following on from the last one, once we've identified things that have hindered us, then ask God, what things do I therefore need to let go? What things do I need to let go? What don't I need to be carrying into 2018? Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, cast off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Here's our vision. Here's our goal. So we've been singing, Jesus, you're my vision. He is the pioneer or author and perfecter or finisher of our faith. God has a race marked out for you in 2018. And he wants to be the vision, your vision, 
the center. I'm just so great that we finished on that song this morning. Jesus, be the center. Lord, I just pray right now for everyone in this room that as we start this new year, you will be the center of who we are and all that we do. Just surrender afresh our lives to you. Even now, I pray, Lord, show us by your spirit what you want us to let go of that you don't want us to be burdened with in this new year. Just continue to speak to our hearts, Lord. You know, things from the past can cloud our vision for the future. It's why we need the Holy Spirit's help to, to point out things we need to let go of. As I said, that could be things, wrong ways of thinking. You know, I, I have no real purpose in life. I'm always overlooked, probably because I'm just not good enough. Maybe you end up just beating yourself up about past mistakes. You don't need to hold on to that. It could be unhealthy habits. Maybe there's some of you here who are always trying to please people. You end up being run ragged because you're trying to please people. Maybe God's telling you, you need to drop that. You're called to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. Maybe it's unhealthy TV or social media habits that God's just putting a finger on. Maybe it's technology. Maybe that's for all of us. <laughs> just feel a big finger pointing at me on that one. God's saying, actually, I want you to make some changes here. It could also be good things from the past that need to stay in last year. Why? Because God has new things for you to do. You know, and, and fresh challenges to embrace, fresh, fresh battles to win. And when our hands are full of stuff from last year, we're not free to embrace the new things that God has for us in this new season. And, and that can be quite painful, letting go of stuff that we actually enjoy, letting go of stuff that we've got value from, letting go of stuff that actually we've had success with. That's difficult. God, are you really wanting me to lay that down? Yeah, because I've got something greater for you. I've got something new for you. Sometimes we have to fight a fear of change with all that. But as we come to him, surrender to him, Lord, you have my heart again, as we've been singing about this morning, totally open heart, so we receive his grace. We receive his courage. We receive wisdom. It will be there for us to let these things go. We can't let the past limit what God wants to do with us in this new year. So there will be things we need to drop. Be ready for that in order to embrace the new. Do you know what? It's as we look again at who we are in Christ, as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, fixed on his resources, not our limitations, fixed on his wisdom, not our weakness, fixed on him rather than simply our needs, actually, that is when our vision for the year will enlarge because he's a big God. When Jesus is your vision for this year, your, your vision for this year will enlarge. You're not being hampered by your own limitations. Proverbs 29 
Verse 18 famously says, it's well quoted, where there is no vision, the people perish. I think it's sometimes taken a little bit out of context as a sort of a proof text for having a, a pithy vision statement for your life or for your church. Actually, it, it's, more, it's a bit simpler than that. It's mainly all about simply lining your life up to the Word of God. In uh, the ESV version, it says here, the translation, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. It's all about lining up with the truth of Scripture, allowing him to be your vision, allowing his word to be your guide, allowing his spirit to lead you. That's what it is about, having vision It's as you cast off the stuff that hinders, as you realign your thinking to the truth of God's word, as you you take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ, as you fix your eyes on Jesus, as the writer to the Hebrews encourages us to, so our vision broadens. Limitations come off. 2018 gets a whole lot more exciting because we serve an impossible God. I hope you have a picture of where you would like to be and what you would like to to have done this time next year. I think it's really helpful. You know, vision is simply all about knowing where you are heading. If you don't know where you're heading, life can be pretty aimless and actually pretty tough. I remember as a kid, we used to live on the outskirts of Bath and there was glorious countryside walks. I didn't appreciate it as a young kid, being dragged out for yet another long walk. I love it now, James, don't worry. Absolutely didn't love it as a kid. And my usual phrase almost every five minutes was, how much further? So my little legs were struggling over the hills. And the usual response was, see that corner? Just round that corner. What usually happened was, and it's just around the next corner, and just around the next corner. But you know what? For me, I could see that corner, and it gave me something to aim for. It gave me an impetus. It gave me energy, because I had something to aim for. And you know what? It's hard work going through life with nothing to aim for, of real worth and real value, and real satisfaction. We live in a world where people don't have real vision about their lives. All they end up doing is straining to lay hold of of influence, or power, or wealth, or just an easy life. And just like me as a little kid, they get to that corner and it's like, oh, no, that's not it. On to the next one, on to the next one. The same blindness can affect us too, though, unless we keep coming back to lining ourselves up with the truth of God's word, who he says you are, and what he's called us to do, and to allow his Holy Spirit to be our guide. We're called to be a people of vision, but we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. It's a big difference. Faith is laying hold, pressing in and laying hold on that which God has already promised. Faith is seeing in the Spirit what will come, what will come. It's simply having that full assurance and unshakable trust in the character 
and the promises and the faithfulness of our God. Rock solid. Which takes us to our final question. Looking forward, what things, therefore, do I need to lay hold of this year? It's one thing to to let go of things that hinder us. It's another thing to actually lay hold onto what God has actually called us to. Philippians 3.12 says, this is Paul writing in chains in Rome to the church in Philippi, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, he's letting go of stuff that hinders, he's letting go even of successes of the past, I'm not going to be rooted in the past, letting go and straining towards what is, the, what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. You know, by this time, Paul had been a, a follower of Jesus for around 25 years. He had a pretty good track record. He had raised leaders. He had planted churches that were planting churches. He had proclaimed the gospel to pretty much all of Asia Minor. And yet, he has this attitude of, I yeah, I haven't, still haven't yet arrived. I may be in chains in Rome, but I am not done yet. I am going to press in to all that God has for me still. I'm going to press in and lay hold of all that God wants me to do in this new season. There's still things for me to do. There's still areas for me to grow. I think that's a wonderful attitude to emulate. Wherever you're at in your Christian walk, I haven't yet arrived. And, and for us as a church, my, my prayer is that we all press in and take hold of what God has for us in this new year, individually and as a church. I'm praying specifically this year we will press into a new sense of joy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So we're starting next week a new preaching series, uh, looking at the, the book of Philippians, simply called Finding Joy. And, and this epistle is, is, is full of joy in the most testing of circumstances. It's dripping with joy. And I I think it's so important we grasp hold, lay hold of the joy that is ours in Jesus Christ. Because it so easily gets stolen, doesn't it? With the trials, the challenges, sometimes just the monotony of life. My hope is we catch hold of this. A real deep-rooted sense of joy, contentment in God. As we delight ourselves in Him, He will give us the desires of our hearts. I'm also praying that we as a church press into a a greater sense of who we are in Christ and the freedom that comes with understanding our real identity. We don't have to live pretending we're people we're not. We can actually walk in our calling. And so we're going to be running a course 
later on in the year to help people increasingly walk in their freedom and in the authority that is theirs in Christ Jesus. I'm also praying for greater gospel impact, greater influence in this borough, in this town, and beyond. One of those ways, I believe, is through this building that God's given us. I'm really looking forward to the coffee shop uh, opening up. We're not that far away now. Please do poke your nose in through there, see how we're getting on. But you know what? My prayer is that it becomes more than a place where people just drop by for a coffee. But like that Samaritan woman at the well, when she encounters Jesus in John 4, she goes for a drink but discovers there's lasting satisfaction in Jesus. I really believe God's prophetically put that on our hearts for that coffee shop, that it becomes more than a simply a place of physical refreshment, but it becomes a place of spiritual blessing too. So I'm really looking forward to that. I pray God will use it as an open door into our community as we press in, lay hold of the the promise that the gospel will bear fruit, that there are many, many people in this city, in this town, that God is calling to himself. There are many people. That's exciting. I'm also praying more people press in and and step up into positions of responsibility and leadership. Stepping into new ministries. Getting hold of that calling of God upon their lives. Throwing aside their own limitations and saying, if God says I am, then I am. I believe his word. Stepping into leadership. We want to keep pressing into the possibility of planting new venues in the future. We're going to need more people taking responsibility. You know what? It's exciting when Jesus is the focus of your vision. It's well exciting. We're not relying on our own sufficiency, but God's all sufficiency. Amy, are you able to share that word you shared with me yesterday evening? Amy shared a word she had at the uh, academy. Um, was it yesterday or the day before? Last night. And I just thought it fitted in so well, kind of with where we were praying and wanting to see breakthrough and just the hallmarks of the church. Maybe you could just share that. Just put you on here. Can I say something before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just before I do that, um, when we were worshipping, um, I felt like I had a word from God, and I didn't give it because it was similar to what Rob said. And I sat there, and um, it just fits in so well with what Steve said. I feel like I really should share it. But I just felt like God was saying, when we give gifts to each other at Christmas time to celebrate his birth, the gifts eventually run out. They stop. And I felt like God was saying, my gifts never stop. And that this year he wanted to keep giving us gifts upon gifts upon gifts upon gifts. And he's got so many gifts that he wants to give us. They don't stop. There is an abundance of gifts available And, you know, he wants to give us more peace, more joy, more grace, more ability to walk in love. But not just those gifts that we know about, but spiritual gifts, you know, gifts of prophecy, 
gifts of you know speaking in tongues and interpretation and just and you know what Steve was saying about stepping up into ministry he's going to pour out gifts of you know leadership and I just felt God really say that really clearly and that there's going to be an outpouring of gifts upon our church for this year so that's something else but um so last night we were praying in our groups um in our churches um, and I was with um, Carolyn and Rachel. And um, I wasn't particularly praying for our church at this moment in time. I was just generally praying. And Rachel was praying about um, the following year. And I had this picture of a great big book, which was absolutely huge, massive book. And I was like, and right on the corner of this book was a young, I don't know if it was a young girl or young woman, but she was dancing and skipping and it just was a representation of so much joy. And I sat there and I I kind of was saying to the girls, look, I've had this picture, I don't really understand what it means, but I don't feel it's this for us. I feel it's for our church. And when I started to tell them about this picture, I had... Um, an image kind of come in my head of newspapers and headlines. And I felt like God was saying that River Church's profile would be raised in the coming year. That a lot of people would know more about our church than they do now. That it would become so known, not just in the community, but beyond that, that it would go further than we could imagine. And that people would be stepping into things maybe that you never thought you would um, or maybe you've had a desire for so long to walk into something um, and you know you've always thought it's never going to happen it's never going to happen it's never going to happen that this year God is going to make that happen for you Um, and just people to be walking into their gifts and their ministry gifts and yeah so everything like Steve's been saying was just everything that God said to me last night um, so I was like buzzing with excitement. I was like, shall I tell him? Should I just wait? Shall I? And I was like, no, do you need to just say this? So I rang him. I was like, I can't write all this out. It's too much to write. I rang him and there's no answer. I was like, I don't like leaving voice messages. So, and there's this facility on your phone to just press a button and leave a message. I'm like, I'll do that. So, um, but God was saying, when in all of this, the symbol of the girl represented joy. And he said, in all that I'm going to do with you, in the coming year, for every expression of ministry he's going to take you into, for every expression of leadership gift he's going to put on your heart to do, for everything that God is going to do in your life, for every abundance of gift he's going to give you this year, everything for the profile of River Church, for everything he's going to do with this church. And when when I say River Church, I don't know what you think of, whether you think of the building or whether you think of Steve or Rob or Claire or the, the musicians, but River Church is you. You know, the River Church is you. You are River Church. You make River Church because that's what River Church is. It's us. So, you know, when I say River Church, think about this is you. So whatever God is going to do in your life, he said to me, it's an expression of my joy for you and my love for you. And he just wants to pour out an abundance of joy over you this year. An abundance of just everything, everything that was weaving through it was just this joy, just so much joy, an expression of joy. And he really wants you to have joy this year. Um, and I just felt that so strongly. And that's what I said with Steve. Yeah. And is that, have I missed anything? No, that's, that's <laughs> great. It's encouraging, isn't it? Can we just give Amy a round of applause for thank you for doing that?
God is wanting us to press into joy. He is a good, good father, isn't he? And he has good, good gifts for all his children. Just feel there's some people here who just think, yeah, that's great for them. I don't believe it for me. Just pray, God, will you just minister to their hearts right now? Touch them with your love. That they are cherished and they are chosen for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. We're going to respond with a time of communion together. If we could sort it out, thanks, Ed. Um, We've done this before. I don't know if we did it last year or the year before. But if you find it helpful, when you come up to take the bread and the wine, there's going to be some little notes and some pens. If while we've been speaking, God's already put on your heart things you know you need to let go of as you go into this new year, why don't you write it down on a piece of paper, fold it up and put it into that bin, that blue tub on the desk, leave it there and walk into 2018 free in Christ. You might want to write down things that actually you want to be thankful to God for. For last year, you look back and go, wow, God, I just thank you that you were with me through that particular situation or whatever it is. Why don't you write it down and take it with you? Use it in your devotional time to give thanks to God throughout the week. But if you find it helpful, I know I sometimes find it helpful to write things down as an act, as a physical act of something I'm going to do spiritually. I'm going to walk in freedom from that. So we're going to move into that time. If the band wouldn't mind coming back, thanks, Mike. We're going to worship God. And just when you feel... Happy to come forward. If you want to write something down, I'll spread out the post-it notes. Pop it in the basket. Take the bread and the wine. I'm just going to pray for us now. Father, I just want to thank you for speaking to us throughout this whole morning. Thank you for a God who loves to speak to his children. I pray you will continue to speak to us throughout our week throughout this year, that we will be a people with uh, our eyes fixed on Jesus. That all the distractions in this world, nothing will take our eyes off who we are in Christ and what you've called us to. Thank you for being with us in 2017. Thank you for your love, your faithfulness, for your grace, for your forgiveness. And Lord, we thank you that we stand here in this new year in your hands, secure, knowing that we are loved. And we thank you that you have a race marked out for each one of us. You have a race marked out for River Church, and it is a race marked with joy, joy in the Lord. And I just pray for a deeper, deeper revelation of your joy. Keep leading us forward in the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask. Amen. Amen.